Welcome to the Happy Paddling Podcast, where we talk all things paddling. Basically, we're hanging out having a beer out at the shop, but we brought in all of our gear to record it and see kind of what happens. This is our first ever podcast. We want you guys to help us pick a name because uh, we figured we figured we'd do this first one, and maybe a name will come up within the podcast itself. I True, mean, that's how good things happen. Hanging out, totally. Talking story. I can't believe we can still talk. So today we did, what did we, we uh, Reading Sportsman Show, right? Yep. Sportsman's Expo. Day one or two. Mm-hmm. So here in Reading, California, I mean, kind of an interesting, this area has suffered some of the, you know, national tragic, tragic events, yeah. um, catastrophic Huge fires. Wildfires <laughs> last summer. Yeah, that was, what, July? Car fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in paradise and was? Uh, November, Thanksgiving, right yeah. before Thanksgiving. So I was... And then a foot and a half of snow in February, March. Yeah, so it was cool to see everybody coming out. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to see how many people are like, yeah, I lost my stuff in the fire. And, you know, this summer we're we're getting back on our feet. We're going to... We still want to get out. We still want to recreate. I talked to one guy who was like pretty crushed about Whiskey Town. It's like, you know, it's one of my favorite pastimes, but I haven't had it in me to go out. And I just pulled up uh, some of the photos that the girls have been taking out there from the social paddles. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there, there's life going on. The green's coming back. Wow. Like, c- come see it be rebirth and be a part of this. Well, there was a guy there today driving to the show over here from Eureka just for the show. And he was like, I'm, I'm surprised about just even the low growth, all the greenery coming back. I mean, yeah. it's, it's happened within the last month. Just a lot of growth. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the way up. Yeah, it's sure. exciting. Yeah, it was interesting. Like one couple, I remember Dan, I kind of led and then you closed it off the boat they're buying. They had lost everything. Right. And it was like, the, and they were probably what, mid 40s? Uh, you know. They were talking about the big fish couple? No. Uh, which model? No, no, not the big fish couple. That the was the, the, the guy that drinks beer. The guy he that just drink- drinks beer. He's like, oh, well, yeah. what do you want to do? He's like, I just drink beer. Yeah, no, we were talking, and I was like, so what are you guys going to do? Like, you float, or are you going to be, she was, seemed kind of excited about rod holders. I'm like, you guys use these for fishing? He's like, I don't fish, I drink. <laughs> 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 just a big old water chew in his lip, and just like, you know what? He's like, I'm recreating, like, I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to have a beer, and I'm going to float in the river. And I'm like, actually, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, that sounds great. Yeah, sounds perfect. <laughs> so it was like, it was like their little mid, it was literally like a midlife you know, I mean, obviously a lot up. of people have gone through this, but where their priorities are. So it was cool. The people that were there saying that yeah. they were like making a priority of paddle sports. And then I think, you know, the theme of this podcast is we're all stuck in it. Right. Yeah. We are paddle <laughs> sports experts for, for well, life. I mean, pretty much all three of us have uh, spent the better part of our adult lives since our early 20s in this sport. All right. So that, yeah. so that was Dan Arbuckle right there at first saying uh, Dan is out of Lodi, California. Owns a kayak shop called Headwaters Kayak. Definitely need to check out YouTube and all of his Instagram stuff. Super fun. To his right here is Brian. Yes, sir. And Brian here has been... Redding uh, Local. Redding Local. What, you were born and raised here in Redding? Yeah. Cottonwood. Cottonwood. Just Cottonwood. south of here. To be specific. It's actually Central California. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> uh, anything south, anything south of Cottonwood Creek is Southern California. So. Yeah, it, all, it all depends what street you live on in this town. <laughs> so Brian owns and operates the sister company up here in Redding, Headwaters Adventure Company. So mm-hmm. they kind of have a synergy between stuff. And then I uh, travel all over the West. My name's Ethan. And I've been a paddle sports rep for 20 years. And so you have kind of two retailers, paddle sports rep, and uh, but Dan also travels a lot as a rep and a distributor here too. What are we going to get into? I don't know. I, just, I guess we could talk a little bit about what we do. Well, you, you had something you were going to say. What were you going to say, Brian? No, I was just talking about the people that we've talked to today. Uh, oh, yeah. There was a couple today lost everything in the fire. Mm-hmm. Lost. They. He talked about having a bass boat. They had a pond, like a patio boat, I think. And they're not going back to that. That life, I guess you could say. They want something a little more minimal, mm-hmm. a lot more simple, like getting into paddle sports, just trying it out, see see if they can kind of get a little more kind of relaxation out of being on the water instead of powering around the lake all the time. Yeah. So, yeah it, I, it was interesting to hear their perspective on losing everything they had mm-hmm. and then the outlook they still had, just wanting to get back like minimal. You know, you know, to what you're saying, I, I talked to one person in that same vein that 
same. They lost everything. And what they were thinking is like, I want to kind of simplify my life down. Like we had so much going on. Like we had so many payments going on. And I like the idea of there's nothing to break down. I buy it once. I put it on my truck and then I just go use the thing. And I mean, that's not 100% true. We wouldn't be in this business making money year after year if it was. Yeah. But, you know, you buy your big thing and then it's like, you know, you want to get a new paddle and then you want to get a yeah. new dry suit. You want to, you know, they're little things, but it's a lot more attainable than a $20,000 note. Yeah. So I grew up in Minnesota on the Mississippi River as like a weekend home. So we would be in a town that was like an hour away and then Friday, you know, load up and go to this place. We called the cabin. It was on the river. And we had always like two or two motorboats on lifts on the dock. So, I mean, oh. no easier way to own a motorboat. One was like kind of your classic 18 foot. Yeah. Hit the button, put yeah, it down, water ski boat. Then I was like a aluminum fishing boat. And then later on a pontoon boat my dad got, dad got. So we had them all. They were great. The whole, I had two siblings. We could jump in, but I literally learned how to curse from those boats. Cause my dad would go down, <laughs> the, the lift wouldn't work. The uh, mice had chewed the cables, and I mean, uh -huh. my dad was like busy during the week, and then this thing wouldn't start on the set. I just wanted to go boat, you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 and like, so that's how I got into paddle sports, because then like when I was around, well, we had always had canoes around, and I started doing the Boundary Waters young, but then at like 10, he brought these kayaks, and I was like, Dad, can we just take the kayaks? Can we just like, it was literally like a kid going, can we just like not do the whole, untarp the boat, the whole Yeah, thing? right, let's just go <laughs> Like just go. So I think these people are, you know, like literally getting back to their like juvenile cells and be like, let's just, I just want it simple. I just want it. Yep. We were all yeah. like spinning so many plates. I'm sure it was tragic, but we saw a lot of like kind of refresh, like re like some, you know, people were just in a really good space. I mean, it was, I mean, it was pouring rain today. I did not expect what we had today. It was surprising. It, it was, was like busy. enthusiasm. Just people stoked about paddle sports. Well, pedal sports, I guess. Paddle sports, paddle yeah. Sports. Pedaling paddle, paddle sports. That's, <laughs> we talked about naming the podcast Pedaling Paddle Sports because we all sell paddle sports. And and it's kind of ironic that we started off as passionate paddlers and pretty much, well, everyone's going to pedal drives these days with yeah. the kayak fishing. It's definitely a big bulk of our business. But I think at the core, we all well, appreciate I, I saw more today of the people like we were just talking about, kind of just wanting to get back to that simple I just want to get out yeah like I don't want to deal with putting the boat in the water and you just hear the gee, 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 like and nothing kicks over it's, and then you start yelling at each other and just like why won't it start well there's yeah. a truck waiting to back exactly. in like right behind you at the boat <clears throat> ramp oh, um, I mean this fishing thing has been you know uh, I travel pretty much most of the western US and the fishing in this neck of the woods is just, it's been really cool to see. Because then again, folks that were never thinking about paddling, but are av like avid fishermen, women. Right, they're getting into They're getting into paddling now. I mean, some of them were looking at stand-up paddle boards. So what a cool thing. I mean, we saw that age demographic spread today from like, we saw kind of mid-20s. Yeah, Something's on up to like full, you know, I'm getting the RV. This is my last dance. We're going across the country and we need yeah. two kayaks. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I love seeing the young people because uh, I feel like when I was growing up, I remember floating the river and people in tubes would be like going down with their flip-flops and laughing at you like, look at this idiot in the kayak. Who does that? And then now to see it, the flip side is like, our buddies are rafting up. We're going to go float the river or we're going to go, you know, fish a pond or whatever. Totally. Uh, it's cool. You go from like, I don't know, BMX bikes to kayaks now, I guess. <laughs> well... It's definitely like I think the over the last three three or four years, I want to say, the kayak fishing aspect of kayaking has kind of taken over a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not it's fishing first and kayaking second, where before it was kayaking first and oh hey I can I can drop a crab pot before I go rock gardening or something like that. Yeah. Um, and nowadays it's like, well, how does this tool help me catch more fish? I mean, is it stable? Yeah. Can I stand up in it? <laughs> well, I mean, we're, you know, I'm definitely outnumbered here because both Dan and Brian are just, they have a ton of that. I think this podcast down the road will have every angle of it, but we are in from Redding all the way down that Sacramento Lodi area where you're from. Um, Dan, it is fishing mecca. Yeah, it's it is. super strong. So it's been pretty cool to see. I was definitely a fish out of water but, yeah. <laughs> today. To be honest though, like I still get a little more stoked when we get somebody in here that is just like i want to paddle 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want a boat that I can go out to Whiskey Town and just, like, tour. Like, check out the Eagles and kind of tour around and just check out wildlife. We we get so many of those fishermen in here that just are always kind of like I I need to catch more fish. Uh, I get I, I get kind of excited. <laughs> like I just do. The casual paddler. Yeah, just like somebody yeah. just wants to get out and cruise. Uh, that uh, one guy that I was talking about that was like he was he'll be on river trips that uh, Brian and Dan do here where they'll take you just even overnights simple overnights after work and he was like hearing about this and he was all about it. So and he had to actually it's funny because. When you meet a lot of kayakers that are in the recreational touring scene, they come up and they're like, I don't want to drop waterfalls. I don't want to do waterfalls down here. They come up and pre-qualify themselves saying, I don't want to fish. <laughs> That's like how popular it is. It's like, I don't want to fish. They, like, they have to like disclaim it because well, they used to come up to me. I was younger than they'd be like, I'm not dropping waterfalls. I just want to kayak to go to the lakes. And, right. You know, I mean. That is funny. I've seen that same change. It used to just be, I'm not doing any of the white water. I just want to do some flat water. Nothing crazy. I don't want to wear a helmet. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, to see the flip side, it's like, I just want one to, like, you know, run some rivers in. Not, not, I'm not doing any fishing. <laughs> they have to disclaim they're not into fishing, which is yeah. hard to tell because everybody was in camo today in bedazzled jeans. That was a fishing crowd, man. No, I had my camo on for yeah, sure. I, I did not have my camo wrong, on. You know? It was awesome to see, but that was definitely a sportsman show. What are... So I've done a fair amount of these sportsman shows. In addition to, you know, we were kind of like the lone dog outside with our paddle sports. And then inside you had, you know, the, the lure, the ammo, the guns, the hats, the don't tread on me's, the jerky, the beef jerky. jerky. There's always jerky. The kettle pillows, the so, As I was pulling out, there was a guy like an old Miata next to me, a little sitting. I'm in a Subaru looking down at this guy. And I kind of like, what's he doing? I look over and he's just got the kettle corn open. <laughs> and he's just kind of like on a last, like, my, like the last beer for the road, except that it was the last bag of kettle corn. He's just like in it. And he looks at me and just kind of apologetically. He's like, hey man, sportsman show. You know, I had to get the kettle corn. <laughs> so then people come out and see us with the paddle sports. It's kind of a little breath of fresh air after they've been inside. So that, that's pretty cool. I think so too. I tell you what, though, there were some kids today. That were I had to discount a kayak because of some people's kids while they're standing right there, and these kids are just jumping Bouncing. and trashing like running through my kayaks, and I'm trying to like close the sales pitch, and the dad's like, "No, you don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that." <laughs> and then asks for a discount off the own boat. No, no. Then I'm, I'm trying nice. to deal with other people. It's like, well, we really like this color, but you say, you say you have new ones at the shop. And I'm like, well, yeah. Literally, I just unwrapped this this morning. And he's like, yeah, those kids are jumping all over. You know, <laughs> need to discipline their kids. Would you give me fifty bucks off? <laughs> See, that's where today was great because when they kept doing that, I was like, man, I thought this place was Republican. You know, people would ask for discounts, and I was like, "Now nah, you're holding out your hand." <laughs> was, uh, looking for a deal. It was a little, you know. That's I, most of them just walked away. They didn't even ask for a catalog after that, so I guess I, I dive bombed a couple. Yeah, they're not going to be from work. They'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's their job. They are a consumer in this capitalist society. Looking, their job is to try to get the best deal for their money. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of that in today's day and age. It's always just about the best. Best price, best deal. Like the literally well, was, service is kind of just. I'm sitting the there way. talking to one customer about, I forget what kayak it was, and he's Phone sitting there hand. on Amazon, yeah, scrolling through his phone. It's like make sure I'm getting the best deal here. Like, I know this is a show, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you got to think about it too from this perspective. We see it as like this is our our lives, and we're, you know we pour ourselves into it. And we want everyone to see us that way because that's how right. we see ourselves. But the truth is, if you're walking up to some random people at the show and they're like, oh, you're local? Okay, cool. Like, who's going to give me the better deal? I don't know you. Uh, I mean, that's why it's so important to, like, have that relationship or that word of mouth or that they've heard you or they've seen you on YouTube. And, like, oh, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. They walk yeah, this the door. guy swam in that boat when I was watching that one YouTube video. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it was pretty funny today. Like, multiple customers referenced, I've been doing some internet research on these kayaks and I saw this review. And then Dan is the guy that did a lot of these, <laughs> these videos. So, so um, they're literally, like, uh, contrasting what we're telling them, including Dan, off of of his own review so dan's telling something about the boat and they're contrasting what he's saying you know or agreeing with it because they also saw a review mm-hmm. which happened to be you at yeah, the same well, that was, time yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty interesting funny. it's just wild how much like that is that's the way to communicate you 
people are searching on the internet. They're going to YouTube it. They're going to hear what somebody has to say. If they can't see it in person, they want that authentic. They don't want to like go on Amazon read a review or go on REI and read a review. Maybe some people yeah. do, but I think if you see somebody actually using a product, it goes a long ways. And the authenticity can just, it's easy to translate. Well, you always get the customers that read the customer reviews about that product mm-hmm. or about that boat, about that paddle. They come in like, oh, well, I heard somebody didn't like this. Why would they not like this part of that boat or this part of that paddle? And that's where we kind of have to step back and look at like, I guess you could say like the bigger picture. Just like, well, this customer didn't like this, but it'll fit you for this reason. Like you're wanting this out of this product and this is why this is your best choice. Right. Because not everyone's it's, using it for the same thing you right. are. It's different people, different situations. What works for us in the Delta isn't going to be what works well, there for was that guy, in the Midwest. I forget what he was looking at. Literally, he admitted to doing like two years of research. Yeah, the Big about Fish this one, Yeah, I think it was that biggest, Big Fish 105 guy. And uh, he was like, I've been looking at this boat for like two years. He's watched literally every video Dan has done about the Big Fish 105. And he came in and he was like, I'll take this. Yeah. This is it. Well, he had done his own. I mean, I think I remember when I first applied for a job moving out west to Portland in 2000. And I went into the kayak shop up in Portland and they were like the pro player around. And they, these guys are refueling here. Uh, they, they basically, uh, you know, they were interviewing me. They think I had been working at paddle sports shops all through school in the Midwest. So I had the experience and he was just super apologetic to me right off the bat, he's like, oh, only 20% of your time is going to be teaching on the water. That's kind of what he said. Oh, wow. And, you know, like apologetic thinking that I just wanted it. And I was like, you know what? You can give my 20% of water time to somebody else. I'm here to sell. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I did. He's like, oh, you're right. No, it was, uh, that was just <laughs> because to me in America, like in the States and very much in American experiences, if you want to learn about something, you go shopping for it. Mm. It's like, I want to get it, become a guitar player. So what, what's the first thing you don't like? Oh, let me go down to, I mean, some people do, but let me go down to the local music shop. I'll rent a guitar. I'll start taking classes. It's, it's a like, practical way to do it. Let me get on. You know, I'm going to go buy the, and the, the more committed I am, the more expensive of a guitar I'll buy. Right. And so I think what I always loved about what we did today is, you know, the first class is on the sales floor. People mm-hmm. don't actually sign up. You actually have to talk them into signing up for the class to learn from experience. So they're just, you know, to be fair and defense them, they're just... They're trying to grab at any information they can. And I asked that gentleman, I was like, have you ever been in any of these boats, these pedal drives, two years in? And he's like, no, no, I hadn't been in it. Two years, this is what you wanted to do. Think about for wow. t- and never had taken a stroke. So, you know, that was, was, was pretty insightful. I mean, it's certainly easier to sit on your couch and, you know, learn about it that way, I guess, than yeah. take in the gumption to go down to I some boathouse or I something. I'm trying to, like, look at myself. I'm like, am I that kind of person? And I guess maybe in some ways, but I'm definitely like, like when I got into kayaking in general, uh, I had a buddy that had one. So, you, well, I bought one at a garage sale, 20 bucks, got into that, like, all right, this is fun. And then I rented one and went and it's like, all right, this is great. And then literally like I got a job at the kayak shop and like bought kayaks and I was just like a kayaker. I tend to be like kind of all or nothing when it comes to getting into well, stuff. Well, you're a buy and fly guy. Which is like, <laughs> you'll buy, and then a year later, I'm like, hey, man, where'd that RV go? And you're like, oh, yeah, I sold it. <laughs> like, you're, you're buying fly. You know, and then there's other people who are like, I'm marrying this kayak tomorrow if I choose to buy it. I don't want to make her... Like, yeah, people literally commit to these kayaks for like 15, 20. I'm there like the marriage customer. Like, yeah, you know, you're Like, right. I'm marrying this thing. You're buying fly guy. You're just like, dude, didn't work, sold it. You know? And like, like my canoe. I like, I bought that Phoenix. I'm like, oh, a new one came yeah. out? I like that layup better. I I'm just deliver the same canoe to Dan. It's just a slightly different layup. But, you yeah. know, you'll sell the other one and you're like, you're boat jockey. Yeah. You're like jockey from one boat to the next. And but that's I, I mean, like that works it, out, you know, yeah. because you've been committed from day one. You were in. At least you were in. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of do a little bit. I learn by buying wrong. Like I'm getting into these gimbals and I uh, for my phone <laughs> to do these videos. And Brian pulls out this one that's like all tech and the camera's built into the gimbal itself. My <laughs> phone just straps into mine and halfway it goes Spins limp every <laughs> once in a while. It's like the limp, limp, you know. Like limp. nailing the shot, nailing the shot <laughs> yeah. upside down. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, Brian, that's pretty cool. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I got the Evo. And he's like, oh, 
<laughs> and it gave me the other. Yes, you do. Like, I, guess I, got, I guess I got the wrong one. So it'll, you know. And you should you, watch some YouTube reviews, man. They're great. <laughs> so maybe I should have done it. Maybe I should have done some of that stuff a little bit. So buy and fly guy, the marriage guy. Anyway, that's peddling. You know, I try to. Or then you have just the person that's like, I'm not going to make one decision. I'm going to make nine. And over two or three years, they have five or seven boats. And, you know, once you have a few, yeah, you don't I, have to I, make compromises when okay, you have multiple boats. I've got a few customers out that are the Quiver customers that yeah. are like, they get into paddle sports and maybe not. they're not even going to do everything. But like, I think I like the idea of whitewater. So I'm going to get, a, well, I'm going to start with like a rec boat. You know, maybe it's a 12 foot sit on top or 12 foot sit inside. It's just like the general purpose. Okay, I've done a lot. I like, now I'm going to go float a river. And yeah, my 12 foot would work fine, but... They've got that like new 10 foot crossover at the headwaters. I'm gonna get one of those. Yeah. And then they go float the river a few times and they're like, I'm gonna go take a class and I should probably get a proper whitewater boat. And then they go do that. You know, it's like food security people, like, you know, people that have food security issues, like they like Costco lives off of it, right? And you're like, I got 15 jars of chili in the, <laughs> in the cabinet just in case, you know, Armageddon. They're like treating their recreation that way. They're like, I just need to make sure I've squared away every possibility. Yeah. And, I mean, it's great. That's certainly what I am. I think I have canoes in yeah, one-foot increments from that. 12 to 20 feet, all made out of Kevlar. <laughs> so 12, Do 13, you, yeah. Every, oh, God, give me a... I've been in your, I've been in your uh, barn. Ethan's a paddle sports rep. He mostly, like, and, and historically, ran, wrapped a lot of kayak gear, paddles, mostly kayak. And then I go to his house, and this is really before uh, Northstar came back on the market. So right. I expected, like, a kayak museum. I knew you liked canoes. I expected to see a couple canoes. But I went in your garage, and I saw... A Winona Jabo, like what? A J. What's uh, one ninety six. One ninety six. So just like racing. this super crazy Batman canoe, and then I go in the canoe barn, and it's just like, oh my god, it's like a museum, like you said, of uh, ADK solo on up to yeah, twelve footer. I had two of the twelves, Kevlar nineteen pound twelves. Well, what happened is then when Bell Canoes, who I rep for, right when I came out west, that was like the first line I hooked. I'm almost twenty two years old and signed up to drive the west with canoes. And like a, maybe six years later, uh, Ted Bell sold the company and it was purchased. And I started seeing the writing on the wall. The new company didn't have the passion, which is what fuels all this stuff. And they, they, you know, they had all the infrastructure, but none of the passion. And I was like, I got to make sure I amass the perfect, you know, this thing's gone. And then I, there, was my, there goes my hookup, you know. Mm -hmm. So I started amassing all these boats. And when I did resign... And one of the guys was a friend that was still there. He's like, oh, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? And I was like, same reason you were going to within a year. And I have everything I need from you. <laughs> and I have all the boats. Um, so, yeah. I mean, and I have some other tandems and an angler with swivels, padded seats, the date machine. That's really fun to, oh, yeah. you know, go out for a concert in or something that's on the river. Um, but, yeah, one-foot increments. And you know what? Like, some of those boats I use maybe once every three years. But yeah. it's like... You got it, and that's like my North One Twenty. I've used it two times for proper paddling. Twenty foot canoe, yeah. Yeah, twenty foot, three. And I'm actually going to put a fourth bench in there so we can fit all the kids and maybe even the dog. But it's like it's a limo on the water. I've only used it twice for serious trips, like maybe putting around Lonely Lake, but twice. And both times it's been like this is the perfect tool for the job. I'm so like satisfied to have my entire family lined up in that canoe paddling. Uh, to, it, it's worth every penny I spent on it for just those two memories. Right. You know, I mean, I think I grew up with that because, like, in Minnesota, everybody just had a couple Kevlar canoes, and they would do their one Boundary Waters trip a year mm -hmm. with them. And then they went back up in the garage. My dad still has the ones that I started with at oh, age really? seven. He has two Winona Kevlar Sundowners, like I say. That's awesome. Great first boat. And uh, <laughs> just just joking around. <laughs> I am a rep. I got to plug my stuff. But uh, uh, So now we got, you know, so anyway, then, then they use them for that one weekend that they go every year and then the mm -hmm. things get stored back. So the I boats that my dad has are in perfect condition. So Well, that's the deal with paddle sports is it's worth it because it's in perfect condition. Yeah. And you're, you know, 20, 30 years later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he'll, and so we've now covered what? A little bit of touring, rec kayak. Um, we haven't talked. I mean, I think this po podcast isn't going to just be fish, which we started with, because that's what mm -hmm. we were doing today. We had some SUPs. There will definitely be some sub talk, because that is, I mean, a case study in up and down. What a cool, like, industry yeah. inside. I mean, we hope to share a bunch of the gossip on that stuff and get deep into this. Um, I mean, the paddle sports sub, I remember being at events with, 
you know, $400,000 RVs, motorhomes with the name of the SUP company yeah. plastered on the side with a box trailer, hot tub in the box trailer. They just thought guys, it was never going to end. Huh? Never going to end. These guys were living large. They were all beautiful. You know, they're all it surfers gone strong. Male, female. You're just like, oh my God. Yeah, I searched <laughs> through my 20s and then the stuff thing came out. So this is going to be my career job. Yeah, they locked in. Um, so we've seen that. I mean, sea kayaking has been just the most crazy 20-year evolution of... Um, where it, you know, when it started, what it was, was just kind of like, I got my wool and my sea kayak and I'm going to go to then like very disciplined. It's still around that portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're seeing still- It just got segregated and subdivided. Yeah. So, so times. I mean, it's just such a timely, I don't know if there are a lot of f- paddling podcasts out there. Maybe there's some fishing ones, but the whole paddle sports industry has done maybe what biking did, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years earlier, which was segmented into different stuff. So if you wanted a road bike, you went to the road bike shop. You want a mountain bike, you go to your, you know, the BMXs and the BMX. Mm-hmm. But paddle sports is still trying to figure that all out. And it's just this kind of messy orgy. Yeah, we all got to figure out like, you know what it comes down to for us anyway, is what sort of things am I going to throw my passion at? Like what sort of things am I going to get excited to, to be in, to shoot, to share, and I think that's why up here, you know, it's a lot of Hobies. Brian does a ton of kayak fishing. That's always been his thing. Um, I guess yeah, well, and one thing I've noticed is uh, we haven't quite had that paddleboard craze yet Yeah, up here. We up keep here. waiting for it to We happen. haven't. It, it really hasn't taken off yet. Um, I mean, we've got Whiskey Town, which is a great flat water lake. Um, but it, it hasn't quite grabbed a hold of our area quite I yet. think what that yeah. is a lot of is where we are in Reading like that I mean that I, like the hunting fishing element I mean everybody had the jeans and the camo on like in Bend the SUP is where I live in Central Oregon like accessorizing the look yeah. Which is like, I already have my surf shorts. There's a lot of California influence from like the surf look in there. Plus you got the Patagonia and the mountain look and stuff. And like the SUP is just the accessory to go. So it just naturally more rings in. So even some of the folks that I was talking about SUP, I was like, oh, you're not the traditional SUP guy with flip flops and surf shorts walking up to me. Yeah, you're, you're Patagonia puff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yoga pants. Yeah, you know, it's like just a different. So it's like not in the, like Redding's not a, it doesn't have a surf culture. Like yeah. I have a surf wave in town where I live and Jerry Lopez, like one of the legends of surf lives there. I mean, I'm, I have a bit of a surf culture, even though mm-hmm. we're in a mountain town because the Oregon coast is relatively close, but, um, you know, it's Reading doesn't quite have like full blown surf culture necessarily. Yeah. Right. No, we don't. I mean, the ocean for us is three, two and a half, three hours away. Um, and it's not like a but super it, friendly not like ocean to surf. Yeah, it, it, they're not it's shark. It's, it's the ultimate great they're, white. Like it's the great white <laughs> triangle. <laughs> you gotta be knocked. You're whacked. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people surf though. But I tell you yeah. what, there is some incredible waves in kayaking, literally that run directly through the middle of this town. Yeah, that's what you see. Oh, yeah. You no, know, you see be. big like California 100 races come here. Like a lot of big things come to town. You know, to use that river. But yet the local population is still like. But inner tubing and flip flops. The biggest, and... our biggest kind of, the, the people that come to town for those events come from out of town. Right. That's, yes. I mean, there's only a handful of people that sign up for that kind of stuff. But the it's people intimidating from out of, for locals, but yet yeah. it's such a, it's like one of the most iconic flatwater, you know, class one rivers in California. Yeah, it's amazing. So you guys have been down, you've camped on it a ton. I mean, I, the, if you read like history of California stuff, that's Sacramento, and still is today, of course, the Sacramento River is like the main artery, heart blood mm-hmm. of this state. I mean, it yeah. basically moves liquid gold yeah. to the walnut farmers, the olive farmers. I mean, the whole oh, yeah. Sacramento yeah. Bay Area. Cities. Inclu- yeah, all yeah, the way. Yeah. It's, so it's amazing when you're on it, you're just like, this is, you're like on the main vein Every paddle trip you touch is like <laughs> gold. Like you said, it's like... <laughs> That's why all the money is in California is because of that water, water source. Yeah, and water and, rights. And the way and so they've forth. managed it. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, but then it's amazing. We were t- trying to paint that picture today to people of how few people use that as a paddling resource mm-hmm. and or any boating. I mean, there's some... Yeah, drift boats. Some drift boats. drift boats. You see a lot of drift boats. boats. Well, Again, one of the biggest fly fishing shops, outfits in the world is right here in California. In Redding. In Redding. Yeah, right here on the Sacramento River. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, because of that, yeah, that it's river. huge. And, and 
Yeah, I mean, Montana has its kind of two to three month thing going. But these guys, yeah, the 12 months here. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what's kind of unique about this place. It's a mountain town, sort of. Like, you're right on the cusp. You're surrounded by the Trinity Alps, Mount Shasta, Mount Lassa National Park. And you're sort of in this bowl. And any way you go up, there's pre- everything from foothill lakes to reservoirs to pristine mountain lakes to just little PG&E lakes that are tucked away. I mean, it's a, it's a magical yeah. place. Within an sports. hour's drive of this town is a massive amount of paddling. Yeah. It's insane. Ajumali is yeah, amazing. Um, there's a few places we don't talk about publicly. <laughs> but Nice. Well, Maybe if you listen in, you'll share. And then, I mean, you have the, some of the best whitewater. I mean, you have yeah, Trinity. Trinity. I mean, yeah. all the coastal rivers here. Um, you know, the whitewater industry is an interesting thing because it's just kind of like selling big fat powder skis. Kind of everyone's got a buddy to hook them yeah. up or whatever. Or they're going to buy their old buddy's boat because the old guy's sponsored or whatever. It's a hard business move. But I think they said whitewater was 8% of the paddle sports industry. That's always been kind of the go That's number. Wild. 8% um, recreation is like 36. I'm sure fishing now is like really tweaked those numbers. I don't know where that... Um, Do you think a- it's because whitewater like, is perceived as so intense? I mean, I guess it depends on the water you have around you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons. You know, it's obviously more injury prone. That's how the classes of, you know, moving water are. Class one is like no injury impending. Two is like, oh, you could get hurt, come out of the boat. Three, you know, that's, it's really judged about what happens yeah. if you come out of a boat. It's pretty much like, I don't I just feel like running rivers, you know, it used to be a thing. Like you'd go paddle a river and you'd put in one place and you'd take out the next. And I just feel like that's kind of gone away. Yeah, I think... You know, um, I'm a representative for Eddie Line, which was founded by Tom and Lisa Dare. And Tom Dare said it, ooh, maybe someday we'll get on this line. He said, he's like, um, and he has just, you know, tens and twenties of designs under his belt. But he said, you know, what killed Whitewater was it went from ballet to billiards. Mm. And, I, you know, basically went to an elegant sport to, like, bonk your way down it. Kind of in that, just how many people want impact. Right. But I mean, the other component of it is, I mean, you think about, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a father to three kids. Like everything I do is like two to three hour increments. And then I'm right. back to shift in. Dan, you were talking about that tonight at dinner, That's true. which we got to get into. That was hilarious tonight at dinner. But, you know, and white running a river is a day, a day deal kind of. That's true. Setting yeah. up shuttles and just people don't have it. The same with sea kayaks. I think that's why you're saying seeing long boats and touring boats decline is like how many people... You know, can put all the camping gear and leave work and turn off the phone for three, four days at a time and just yeah. disappear. Not enough. Doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah, doesn't happen enough. as much, and our phones become our own little anchor. So, I mean, you know, those are all the components. I mean, we've hit canoeing, everything of paddling, and I think, uh, you know, as we travel around with this podcast, that'll be interesting to get different insights. But we have what such is, a good one on the fishing. When we, <clears throat> one of the best feelings that I get doing what we do is when you finally get that person out there. To do that, that exact thing. You get them out on the river, they paddle for a day, and they stop. You set up camp, and they're like, why haven't I done this before? Yeah, that's right, my backyard. Yeah, this is literally right in town, and I've never been here. The hook set like, moment. Yeah. Like, exactly, and then the, you, like, that's that's the moment they realize, you know, I, I could be doing this once a month. Mm-hmm. What was it's your hook that set? Easy. What was your hook that's set moment one. in paddle sports, do you, like, or moments? Yeah. You like any one stick out at you like that you were like, oh, I'm in on this. I can can tell you exactly like, but honestly, probably the river. Yeah. The river doing that overnight kind of thing and the travel, the travel. It's amazing. I mean, like I was talking to a customer today. Yeah. You paddle through town, you're seeing houses and like a freeway crossing every couple miles, something like that. But then you get downstream of like Anderson and there's nothing. It just feels like you kind of entered into this wild area like like you're traveling through like Alaska mm-hmm. there's nothing there yeah I think it's and like a almost like an Af- African safari there's like this oak savanna down there or something mm-hmm. and like if a zebra came running by Not it's quite open green. oak <laughs> yeah well I mean you know some of the dry spots of that I see I mean I haven't been there but I see it on, I see it on TV I do some research online no uh, yeah I mean it goes into this crazy oak oak you know, dry mm-hmm. oak savanna of California. Yeah. It's, but it, it doesn't feel like you're in town. It, no. I mean, it's literally, right. it, it takes you three, four hours to get from point A to point B. It takes you 20 minutes to drive back. Yeah. 
but that three hours of floating the river is just, I mean, it, it's almost mind boggling to be honest. Yeah, we and did that amazing. just recently in Lodi. We did a, a 26 mile overnight and same deal. You know, you drive out there, it's 15 minutes on the road and we spent two days exploring the rivers and, and I've paddled all the sections individually, but to do it in one sitting and overnight, you just get such a deep appreciation for any body of water you're on. It's really good. All right, so what was your aha moment in paddle sports? Well, you, you know, you guys are talking about the things that make you fall in love with paddling, that movement, your body's connection on the water, you know, maybe family stuff. I did boundary waters growing up and paddled like the Mississippi with my dad some for, for a couple overnights. But I, can, I worked in college in a shop called Carl's Paddling. And Carl, I mean, he made our personal boat collections. The guy's a museum collector of boats and mm -hmm. just had every part you'd ever need in the back of his, like, 1970s carpet van. <laughs> and, uh, you know, plush carpet van. He'd be digging nice. through. And, you know. Life goals. Oh, I found this little clip you need. Total life goals. Oh, Carl was awesome. He's the one that said happy paddling all the time. And so that's kind of where I took that line. But um, I worked there and I would you know, go to school. And then in the summer I was out of class and I would just help him. And I kind of became his right hand man. And he had a little, uh, you know, pretty small shop, dirt on the floor shop, but had a rental. We had the river, the Yahara channel in Madison, which goes between the two major lakes mm -hmm. and we would rent boats. So you could go either to one lake or the other, um, by just paddling like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And at the end of the day, him and I were loading stuff and putting it away. And it was like the classic Wisconsin summer day, sun going down and we're just putting stuff on trailers. And so this wasn't a paddling experience. This was the moment that locked me in the industry. Oh, wow. And I looked at Carl and I was like, this is, this, I could see doing this. This is good. Like kind of saying you, you made a good life for yourself, you know, like yeah. not realizing I was like saying, this is what I'm going to do is huck boats for the next 30 <laughs> years. And he looked at me and he had these real thick glasses. And so his eyes were always kind of like magnified and just has kind of a crazy Carl smile. And he looked at me and nodding, you know, fast head yeah. nod movement. <laughs> I just kind of like, you got, yeah, I think it was like, I agree. And I got you all at once. I mean, I worked there all through college and came out with a forestry degree and a paddle in my hand, you mm -hmm. know, but, um, that's what, that's what set the industry for me of like, oh, I need to be part of this thing from the inside. But yeah, uh, I like that. those hook set moments that you have with a customer where you see the hook set is just like, it shivers through you. You know, I, I um, yeah, I, I feel it all the time. It, it's just kind of like a bing. Not the sale, but like and the hook set of passion yeah, no, for the water. You that know? Guy, like, the, the, it doesn't happen in the store. It, yeah. uh, to be honest, it rarely happens here within these brick walls. Yeah. Like it's an experience it's, they had. I'm you get them out on the river on whiskey town. And like, I, I did a demo with a couple the other day and uh, it was with a couple different boats and we, I swapped boats with this lady and she just took off. She's gone. Yeah. And it was just like, you just watched her and she just felt it. man. Yeah. she was like, she was, she was love there. It. She was in her moment and she was just like, I love this. Yeah, right awesome. here yeah and it was like so uh, good like i'm, I'm getting shivers right yeah, now it's it, like, holy crap man yeah it's like you just found <laughs> your thing like it's like that's a chorus flowing through you you know yeah. i see it man it is that you saw the body boat mind soul connection yeah. on water bam i'll tell she you what hooked. what hooked me for sure it, it, a, a few experiences but i went hiking at the marin headlands and i walked out to the lighthouse and at that point the lighthouse you could walk up to the lighthouse you couldn't go in the lighthouse and you're looking at this bluff and you see your golden gate to your left and you're on this Point Bonita Peninsula and all you see is these rock gardens and these waves crashing in and out of these rocks. I'm like, you know, I was already working at a paddle square shop at that time and I love paddling. I thought of it as a great tool for camping and an augmentation to when I couldn't ride my bike, but I wasn't all in. But I saw these sea kayaks, I come around the bend and they were going in and out of these rocks and they were catching rides and surfing down the faces through rocks. And I was like, mind blown, how do you do that? I gotta, I gotta be down there. And literally the next day, that was on a Sunday. The next day was Monday and I'm working in the paddle sports shop. Flying by guy. <laughs> no, no, Sean Morley comes in my oh, door. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I had oh, met he'd Sean. He'd be a good one to talk to on this. Yeah, he's a fun guy. He, he loves paddling, like probably as much or more than anybody. Like he's paddled his whole life and will always paddle. Yeah. You know? I, I admire that about him. But he, I told him the story and I'm like, oh, you see, Kai, that's cool, you're from Britain. And, you know, he's super humble. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And in fact, that was me. I was taking somebody out. 
Oh, awesome. It was Kim, him and Kim Granfield. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. a little bit of history. And Kim, I, Kim Granfield uh, owned a shop in Liver, uh, Livermore, California called Sunrise Mountain Sports. Yeah, he's OG in this industry. Yeah, I, I follow totally. him. He's my favorite person on social yeah, well, media. He does some quality photos. What's his little, you know, his handle or whatever on that thing? Uh, I should we'll put it in we'll the, put it up, yeah. We'll put it up on that. Kim's great uh, and had one of the nicer exits in this industry, I think. I mean, yeah. from the details I know. Is, uh, I mean, he just went paddling in Antarctica. Something he did something right. Yep, he did it. Yeah, <laughs> he absolutely did it right. Well, he, he owned a you know building in Livermore. <laughs> that always helps. I think his wife's like a physicist. I think everybody in Livermore is a physicist. I think much. everybody in the paddle sports industry that does it for a long time has a wife with a real job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> paddling paddle sports. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh man. Uh, and well, then I think after like the first trip, or uh, they lost one, or <laughs> they lost a wife. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, I, after that, I actually got a chance to go out the gate with Sean Moore. It was probably within a year of that. Like he got me all stoked on it, and I walked and I did all the things. And I was like, if I'm going to be a good sea kayak, I, I don't have to see. I'm going to go paddle whitewater on the river in a sea kayak and just get really good. And then one day, I had just been practicing so much, getting my roll dialed. And then I finally got to paddle with him, and we went out the Golden Gate Bridge. And for him, it was just like a casual day. It was, for me, it was like I'm trying to prove myself to this iconic figure in paddle yeah. I mean, the guy paddled around like Great Britain and Ireland by yeah. himself. Yeah. Anyway, and that was the day I was like, I'm going to paddle for the rest of my life. I am like a... Oh, out through the Golden Gate was a yeah. hook moment. Oh, That's yeah. The, I mean, no, <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. You paddled the kayak under the Golden Gate and got hooked on the sport. Yeah, I was like, actually, it's too bad. <laughs> I do this. That is awesome. I mean, that's, that's some hairy stuff to do. And then, yeah, you're chasing a guy. I've seen him guide a couple times. And, yeah, you know, I think the hardest thing for him is to understand, you know, that... Human limitation because he's not human. Because he's not human. I mean, I think he will get him on or tell some stories. But, you know, I, you know, it's the same with, you know, I snowboard kind of proficiently. Probably, and, like, you see something that you don't think is steep and you take somebody and they're like, whoa. You know, you just a frame of reference. I think yeah. it's hard for him to even have. I, didn't he, I mean, I don't think he had speed record around Vancouver Island, did he? But he definitely soloed it. Just, no, I think he did break he the did speed set, record. I mean, yeah. Like 14 days was his record. But it was beaten pretty soon after by somebody else. But he said when he got back, he's like, you know what? Like, if I was to do it again, I'd do it in two weeks and take my time and explore. He's like, to race through something that beautiful. I remember him having regret yeah. a little bit when I talked to him. I'd love yeah, to. We should get him on here. All right. We were like, who should we bring on? You know, that's what this is. This is definitely an intro podcast, you know, like, uh, but. <laughs> first that, episode. First episode, right? right? Sean would be awesome Let's, to have on. One, uh, I remember paddling my first time with another sales rep, and he looks at me and goes, you know what? We're stress management therapists. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was we like, say name that here. kind of like, like Kurt Kurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kurt and, Renner, uh, absolutely. And he, uh, like, that kind of sunk pretty deep with me, too. And then within, I don't know, the six months after that, just watching the people that just, like, just unwind. With yeah. On the water. Yeah, stress yeah. management there. He also He's says just, fun brokers. Oh, like yeah. That. We're fun brokers. We're fun brokers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Love that guy. The, he will definitely be on this because I've just like read so many like in the magazines, the legends of the industry. Um, Kurt Renner's the Winona Current Designs rep out here. It started in 76, driving boats back. And it was like renegade, old school, back and forth from Minnesota. He was yeah. building like, dagger canoes in his yard. Uh, he's got, I mean, that is like a two, three he's episode thing. But also, yeah. you know, it just kind of disappears because he's not a paddling legend. So he doesn't make the paddler magazines as like top 100 paddling legends. And he doesn't make the like, I sold my company for a million, couple million. Like No, he just shows up with his RV and he's, 40 canoes and 72 <laughs> kayaks on your door. Like, like, you ready for a demo? We're going to do this or what? With like, like teens on and a beer at 10. <laughs> or like coffee that the spoon's like crying at you for being stuck in. Yeah, like, oh my God, too. this is like I'm melting in this stuff. So we'll get Kurt on this thing oh, too. But these Kurt. are all people that, yeah, Kurt gets it right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we just did that Delta paddle down at um, Dan's area down in the, uh, off of uh, Lodi, Sacramento Delta, I guess it is yep. really considered. And I mean, I think that was eight, we put on at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we were like on the road freeway at 11.30 the next morning. But yeah. we had camped out. We had paddled 10 hours. We'd seen a sunset. We had like paddled over to an old like a dock where there was a restaurant to get breakfast. I mean, it was just kind of a little bit urban. But then we saw the crazy rookery and bird life. And uh, what, I mean, how we like, that just reset the week. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, getting on the water is uh, definitely 
where it's at, the kind of the taste breaker. I don't know. You know just, if you get in a, in a rut, in a groove, and you go paddling, and it's just ka-chunk, reset button. Yeah, well, that's so during once kind of the summer season starts and we get busy, I mean, it's like Friday at like two o'clock. It's like, you know what? I'm going to grab a boat right now. I'm going to leave. I'm gone. Like, I just need to go paddle. Do you put a close sign in the door when you do that? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, we did that. We did that. I, I yeah. almost never do that because I just sort of make a rule like if you have hours set, you're going to piss people off. But I knew Ethan and Jay were coming to town and I put a like closed early, leaving it for, put it on the door, put it on social media, put it everywhere. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we're gone. It's, a, it's on the website. Like, let's just go. And I'm so glad we did. We had most of the staff out, you, Jay. And it was, that, that was, that was great. Yeah, the old, uh, I, I like took to having a boat in my quiver that is just to leave it outside on the car boat, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I mean, you know, it's still a nice boat. I probably shouldn't do this, but like, and it's got aluminum rails, so it's a canoe, but like I can just leave it on the car yeah. at all times. And, you know, I have this old 94 Toyota pickup truck. It's like the oldest car in the Walmart parking lot near my house whenever I park there. It's like, yeah, life goals. But uh, but it's awesome because, you know, the rack on those old Toyotas is like at shoulder height, and mm-hmm. yet you have the whole back to throw all your wet gear in the dog or whatever. And so... Those are the ultimate boater vehicles, those little... Yeah, those little old man Toyotas yeah. or whatever. Throw the wet gear in the back. And, yeah. <laughs> but always having a boat. I think, you know, I don't know, maybe I hope someday someone says, yeah, Ethan said the enemy of paddling is the schlep. You know, yeah, like, that is so true. You know, like if you dread the schlep, you won't go. And so yeah. that's where I just like, that's where like I'm always pushing lightweight, obviously. Cause it's my if it's deal. not easy, you won't use it. If it's a grab and go and you love paddling. I mean, that, that's to speak that's kudos to how much these fishermen dedicate to being on the water because yeah. they are buying big for the right purpose, bigger, heavier boats. And yet it doesn't slow them down for a second, you know, which means ultimate motivation. Right, like that's true. I am going, which is so cool because I mean, we have also on the touring side, wreck side, customers will go, Oh, I have a boat, but it's too heavy, I'm not gonna go. And I'm mm-hmm. like, This guy over here has like a 180 pound boat <laughs> and he goes five days a week. He bought a this- truck to carry his boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tonight's <laughs> conversation at dinner. I mean, probably the most recurring conversation of paddle sports industry people yeah. is the vehicle. How are you going to tow it? <laughs> how are you going to tow it? And people buying vehicles and then trying to get the right one. And this one, I still like, I'm yeah. like still trying to figure out what the right one is. Is it the Sprinter? Is it the lower van? Is it the Toyota pickup truck? I mean, that was hilarious tonight. Yeah. Um, Hearing the everyone. perfect setup. High roof, low roof, trailer. No, you don't want a trailer for parking. It is like always trying to get the best setup and... I don't know. I've seen you with a few rigs over the years trying to get it dialed in. Well, I mean, I think immediately paddle sports makes you, you know, somewhat nomadic. You're just like, okay, I paddled my local waters. They're awesome. And now you have like a target at the end of, you know, at the end of the uh, course that it's like the next lake over. Yeah. And the next lake over. Yeah. I've done that one. I've seen what that has to offer. What? I wonder what this next one is. Or you hear somebody. You've been to you've been to Balm Lake. That place is rad. Right. Yeah. No, but I want to. What about the lake above Balm? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it just keeps. And then pushing. you're like, I need to sleep out. I need yeah, a I car need... that I can sleep in. <laughs> totally. How many of you have slept in your cars? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's yeah. like last yeah. night. Yeah. It's tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty much <laughs> half, of, half of every month. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, when I I'm, I drove a Subaru down here this time because it was a quick weekend trip, and when I bought that Subaru. In, in Bend, of all places, where you know you pretty much needed to live there in Central <laughs> Oregon, it's a requirement. It's like a, a photo ID or something. But when I went and bought it, and, you know, I'm doing this thing. Guys, go, ah, do you have any objections? You know, if I can, uh, what do you say? If I can satisfy all your objections, can we make a sale today? The ultimate closing ask. But I was like, oh, one more, and I jumped in the back, folded the seats, and laid down, made sure I could lay yeah. down. So <laughs> that was like, out. and he's and he's yeah, kind of laugh. Way. He's like, you know how many people do that? <laughs> so really to be honest, some some of the best night sleep I've ever got is a day full of paddling and crash out in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Just roll out the sleeping pad. something about a van. And just like, just out. Done. I mean, I mean you know, if we called this thing the van podcast, we'd have a million <laughs> listeners right off the yeah, bat. The, yeah, but, nomadic van life, <laughs> just with kayaks. Just with paddle sports. <laughs> the nomadic paddle sports um, podcast. What's the worst? Okay, let, you know, everyone has fear of like sleeping out. Or like, well, where do you sleep in a parking lot? What's the worst thing that's ever happened? You've been outside literally probably thousands of nights well, sleeping in parking lots and weird falling things. Falling out of a hammock. 
No, I'm talking about living oh. in your car. <laughs> living in your- oh, I mean, I'm, it is like I'm my mom was like, you're going to be in rest areas. There's crazy people there. Like I sleep like a kitty. Like between two diesel trucks running is like, like two kitties on my, purring on my shoulders, you know? It's like, puts me right down. So, I mean, and, and then I started thinking, I was like, I think I'm the crazy person at the rest area, you know? I was like, so, you know, that kind of... Don't talk to the guy who's so rude, I guess. Yeah, there's the guy who's, right. you know? Um, I, I, I think, you know, it's like anything, right? The fear can be its own paralysis instead of actually the situation that you're going into. But I... Well, speak to those fears. I, I mean, though, like, the worst. Sort of uh, so the worst thing. I mean, I've heard. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Up in Seattle, I was in my van. I have a. Well, I've had a few vans, but in this van, I was sleeping behind the front seat in a cot, and because I removed all the seats, it was just your standard like E two fifty van, short mm-hmm. van, E two fifty short van, and I was sleeping up. This is a good neighborhood, by the way. A little nomadic. Um, hint, the Queen Anne neighborhood in Seattle is like one of the most posh money areas, but there's some houses up on the hill. I mean, they literally have the viewing sunglasses up there because it's like a great skyline shot. Mm-hmm. There's a park up there that's just beautiful. But there's some big, big houses, like half city block with huge head hedges in front so you can't even see the house. It's just like hedged out. Mm-hmm. And half of them are like, you know, Bill Gates' eighth house. So they're not even run, but they like are glowing with Wi-Fi, and you could just like boom right in front of them. You got the you got the bush. You're just totally. And you walk down to the park, and you got the viewing glasses. So Queen Anne up the hill. Um, there's a donut shop up there that's phenomenal. There's like a couple. Uh, it's just a good spot. But I was there, and I went to look at the viewing glasses, and I had like a, a you know a little bit of a peace pipe with me going on, and then I went back to the van and just like crashed out, and I didn't lock it. And like oh, that wow. Queen Anne neighborhood is definitely like a milk run for guys flicking doors, checking right. doors and going in and robbing councils and whatever else. And all of a sudden I remember looking up and my uh, dashboard clock was on. It was like week one, 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 eleven. I was like, oh, one, 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 you know, had that quick moment. And then I look, look, and I just see like a leather jacket and dark hair, like eight inches from my head oh as my I'm sleeping God. somebody's re- le- reaching across the front seat of the um, van going through my console or whatever and I you know and I just kind of like went up and it was like definitely like went up kind of close and just went no <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how I kept it together to do that and he like recoiled out like there was like a bungee cord to his ankle like attached uh-huh. to a tree it was like Zoof! and i was in just boxers and i just jumped into the front seat turned the thing and turned the you know started turned the ignition and just like tore out of there and drove out of there just in boxers nothing else <laughs> so i was like i gotta get this guy might have second thoughts come back you know whatever so i tore out of there and i went down to um, elkai beach which is in West Seattle, which is like, I mean, it's pretty well known, but you can park, I'm telling you guys, this podcast is worth it alone, but there's a road <laughs> that goes right along the entire sound and you can park back in there and there's neighborhoods and they don't shake you for days. I mean, I know a rep bite is camped out there for a month at a time. Uh-huh. It's a rad spot. So I went there because I knew there was a bus route and I was like, I want to be like under the lights on a bus route and slept the rest of the night there. Like just still kind of freaked out. Years later, I was in the same spot. And I woke up, and this was the scariest as I'm telling this story. I woke up, and it was like, give it to me now, give it to me now. And I jumped up in my Subaru. I was in the Subaru at the time. And I looked, and a guy had his hand inside of a car that was directly parked behind me. And, you know, like looking like he had his, like, gun pointed at the guy, mugging him right then and there, like, give it to me now. <laughs> Again, jumped into, the, like, the driver's seat, and I looked back. And as the guy pulls his hand out, he's got a cell phone. And he was like, give me your cell phone. Like, he wanted to talk to somebody. It wasn't oh, my around, God. But it freaked me so hard. And that was actually the scariest moment because I looked and saw, like, from yeah. 12 feet away, like, oh, a man. full jacking going down. Yeah. And it was just, like, a guy, like, maybe arguing with his what, a girlfriend or something. Give me your phone or whatever. But mostly it's been nothing. You know, rural is, like, urban has always kind of been the most sketch. Uh, right. But like down a dark woods, you just have to get over your thing and just like, I'm going to sleep down in this dark woods. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in places where I have spots that I'm comfortable, it's, you know, it's It's nice to find goal. a spot and like have a couple of successful nights. Yeah. And then you're always happy to go back. And, yeah. You know, I feel good about this. This is my spot. I crash here all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, the worst one I ever had was right in front of my shop. Were you there that night? I don't know. Oh, I, you're I the think dumpster guy, right? The dumpster guy. My dog freaked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, my dog's golden retriever, like, is useless for protection. There's any dog you've ever seen. And 
I'm in the middle of the night and he's just going off. And I'm like, what's going on? We have all the boats laid out in the parking lot. I feel like it was you and me and then our RV. Oh, yeah, because you woke up. You're like, man, that was crazy. I was like, huh? And you're like, oh, <laughs> he's in his box trailer, like locked yeah. in. And uh, and then Dax went nuts and like charged it after this guy. And he's like, hey, man, I was just I was, I was just getting the aluminum. And he's dragging this aluminum pipe like from behind. I'm, I'm a builder. I'm a builder. I'll never forget him saying, Dax is just like, call your dog off. And I'm like, go every Dang, I didn't know you had it in you. This dog is like upside down next to the cash register, begging for people to scratch his belly all day. Totally. We'll walk, anybody will walk up to him and pet him. But I tell you what, man, he does not like tweakers. The 20 PSI golden. He's just kind of part a little bit overinflated. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Easy, yeah. He Easy. No, mine is too. Uh, it's too easy for Goldens when you have three kids, right? It's right. just easy fixing. Yeah, so he chased the guy down, and uh, he was just a builder. So that's like another story where yeah. it was like fa- false, false identity. Yeah, usually people are just going about there, whatever. I mean, yeah. stuff happens, but if they know there's action going on, they're just trying to like... Yeah, the I think, you know, the most violating through. stuff is just the smash and grab. I mean, we're here at, yeah. you know, Brian's shop right here, what, six, eight months ago, in addition to all your... Fire stuff. He doesn't remember. He's so standard oh, here. It happens all the time. He almost. He just only lost a twenty-two foot trailer full of forty thousand dollars worth of Eddie lines, and he, he had to jog his memory. Show like, hey man, so something happened. Grab my trailer. Or what, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, I got a call from you, or you got the email blast, I think, or whatever, that uh, your whole box trailer was stolen yeah. out of your yeah, parking yeah. lot with cameras everywhere. Oh yeah, locked. Yeah, fully locked, locked with a hitch yeah. lock. I mean, cables through the wheels and everything. Dude just walked up and bing. Everything, pro. He's just gone. Done. Five, what was it, seven minutes on the camera? It took him, no, nine minutes, start to finish. From when he pulled in the driveway to when he was driving off the trailer. Yeah. It was great. Most people don't want human altercations. They just want the gear. So yeah, that's exactly. what you That's had. what I found. And then, too. you know, this this store here happens to be friends with, like, State Patrol and City Patrol. So oh, yeah. Like, right. helic- speed dial, <laughs> yeah, so helicopters <laughs> found it. Uh, I think later in the day he was painting it. He was roller was painting, painting it. Oh, when yeah. <laughs> that's what got us <laughs> off is the fact that you know, not only did they have to warranty out the trailer, but it had a the wrap. The fi- like, you know, five thousand bucks to take the wrap off and put it back on. Like, yeah, we'll yeah, just give you well, here's thanks. a check. Like yeah. it's totaled. Yeah, and, uh, I, I've never wild. really had any vehicle-based altercations. To, well, if you count driving up on bums, um, in the parking lot, like, hey man, what 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 are you? Oh, I'm just sleeping. I'm just sleeping. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, Come yeah. On, general man, people but, are. Yeah, it's. People, don't, people somebody, don't want altercations. No, they, they want to avoid like getting yelled at or throwing fists, that kind of thing. But I would know, have a, when I slept up last night on the way in up in Weed, California. Like, there's the Mount Shasta there, which has got some kind of like weird mojo. Like, if you get up in the hills around there and in the woods, there's I don't know. You can read the Mount the Shasta Lemurians. conspiracy stuff, oh, and yeah. you know and. Again, Kurt Renner's gotten into my head about that. My cousin <laughs> lives up there and like worships the mountain and stuff. Yeah, right. there's. I mean, there, it's crazy. I was when I took Paxton, my middle child, on a road trip. We slept up that area, kind of, and I made him like read all about it. I mean, there's there's like theories of like space aliens under it, right? Like mm-hmm. under that mountain stuff, but. It was definitely enough to have me sleeping in the Love's parking lot versus down like a dirt road up there. Yeah. You know, just like, ah, I know no one's going to shake me down in this gas station parking lot and I just need to sleep versus right. like, I could have been under rest. the stars at Mount Shasta. Like, right. so fear got me for mm. sure. I could have definitely driven. I know Do you the think road. that gets worse as you get older and like now you have some kids that you got to come home to? Yeah, I might have been. I mean, some of it was ignorance younger too. Like, yeah, that's Just true. like, eh, I'm yeah, going to go up this road. Who cares? And then now it's like, why would I expose myself to something? Something like mm-hmm. it's a Friday night too. I think you know weekend nights definitely open you get an up intuition for it. Yeah, you get a little spidey sense, and maybe it's wrong sometimes, and you missed a night under the stars. You slept in a <laughs> truck stop parking lot with yeah, lights that. all around you, but uh, <laughs> you know you do it long enough, and you're just like, don't care. This is just yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's just another night of sleep. Give no, me to where I need to go tomorrow. Well. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that was some of. We didn't really get into like our favorite. You know what the right vehicle was. I think that's a whole nother cast yeah. you know basically uh did we come up with a name hey, right, to be honest leave it up to the audience all right we need Let some them do help. it we need some help on this one we'll have to put up some serious you know we'll put up some prize stuff that'll be fun yeah get people's feedback we'll get three people to listen to this and maybe we'll get two ideas out of it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it, it's enough well, we have, we're going to have some regular segments on this thing. I think that's going to be part of it. We're definitely going to bring in some of the uh, 
I mean, I think between the three of us, we can definitely call on some good friends and try to get, you know, interview that's a little bit looser. I mean, there's not a lot of that stuff in battle sports right now. It's fun to talk about. You know, we got a really cool industry. And like you said, you know, I go back to that moment when you were hooked on paddle sports and the glaze in your eyes is, uh, yeah, that's still there and we want to share it. And I think that's something that we all sort of share. And if we can bring other people on that sort of have that same glazed over expression of like, all right, I've chosen this paddle sports life or it's chose me and get their stories and like put that out there for people. I think it could be really fun. Cool. And like maybe because the industry still is like, I mean, in this store, I'm looking at every part of the industry right now. There's a pedal craft over there from Hobie, some Eddie lines, a stand up paddle board from Powhana. I know you got a canoe in the room right over. Like, I think if we can keep this as like, the, you know, a little bit from everything of paddle sports. Mm-hmm. Um, the gossip, the scuttle. I'd love to have uh, you know delve down into these little trends that have come and gone. That's yeah, fun to talk about. We're talking about it anyway, so you might as well record it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Anything more to add? No. Yeah, Let's call for now. Cause I gotta. Yeah. All right. Well, loose. thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll name this podcast soon. For uh, Brian and Dan, I'm Ethan. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Happy paddling. Thanks for listening. And you can check out Dan and Brian's operation at Headwaters Kayak or Headwaters Adventure Company. We'll see you soon.